Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Johto PR. Uh, I'm Sky Cassidy. I'm your host, and today we'll be talking with the Wizard of Words, the Lord of Language, the Prince of Pontification, Paul <laughs> Ross. Yes. I hope I'm using the right words. We're going to be talking about using the right words. Paul is an author, speaker, trainer, master hypnotist. I did not know that. Now I'm worried yep. about this episode. Don't worry. Um, and master practitioner of neurologistics program. Linguistics. <laughs> Logistics and linguistics. A bit. I am not using the right words. That's what I was afraid of coming it. into this. Like don't this guy is a word master. I'm going to slip your, up and use the wrong words. Allow yourself to just melt into that relaxation that occurs when you recognize you're doing a great job, Sky. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not afraid. I know I'm going to use some of the wrong words and I'm okay with it. So, so for the past 30 years, uh, Paul has uh, taught thousands of people how to use the power of language to persuade, sell, heal, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones, and pain into passion. Paul, thanks for coming on the show today. This is going to be a very exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to rock some worlds and some words. I'm going to take you outside of your comfort zone and your conceptual zone. We're going to color outside the lines, break the rules, throw jello at the wall, and see how it slides down deep into your unconscious now. Fantastic. So get jumping straight into it, using the right words. A lot of what you do is for sales. Obviously, that's, that's a very word-rich back and forth. Marketing, we use a lot of words too, typically in text. How much of this translates over to marketing from sales? Are there Fantastic. any boundaries? It all translates because here's the thing to recognize. Whether you're marketing, whether you're selling, you're never marketing your product or service. You're never selling your product or service. You're selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. And most importantly, particularly in text and in any kind of written copy, you're selling focus because people are bombarded and they're distracted. The single biggest enemy to your sale or your gathering data or your outreach is no longer your competition. It's lack of focus. It's lack of attention. I once said to a VIP client who was giving me some guff, I said, look, you don't understand. Today's world is orbiting around the dark star of narcissism and ADDHD. And you've got to cut through all of that and you don't have a lot of time to do it. Now, exactly. Now, One of the things we say in marketing is uh, confusion is kind of the enemy. If people yes. are confused at all, and that's where you're going with the ADD, if there's if you don't have them just like tractor beam focused in, right. they're going to stray off to something else because they're not really right. paying attention. Of course. And this is why you have to write a really great, uh, by the way, I've sold millions of dollars worth of courses. You wouldn't know it from looking at the room I'm sitting in right now. This is my home office. Using my own copywriting skills, embedding hypnotic and neurolinguistic programming language into my copy and also writing really good headlines. Um, I should spring this upon you. I don't put it in my biography because I like to spring it on the host. I'm a former dating coach and actually a pretty famous one. Can you see over my shoulder who that is in that picture? Looks like an old black and white image of a Tom Cruise there. Tom Cruise indeed played me in the movie Magnolia. He played a character loosely based on me and my other identity, which I don't want to discuss. I was going to say, oh God, I don't know if his 
character was that great. <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, well, it was a pretty twisted version of my old my old alter ego. But you need to grab people's attention. Uh, Gary Halbert, who was my marketing guru, my copywriting guru, used to have us do an assignment. He would say, "Go to your local." grocery store or newsstand and buy all of the crappy smear rags like the inquirer the inquisitor weekly world news and copy right. the headlines out by hand because there's no way you can ignore bat face boy has eight inch ears you're gonna you're gonna go to that story and you're gonna read it Right, you're so you're developing like clickbait, basically. You were well, saying uh, decisions. The first decision yes. is they need to continue with you, whether it's listening, clicking right. on an email, well, clicking through to an article. And the the hypnotic technique here is called a pattern interrupt. So people are going along, they're bombarded, they're not paying attention. Then you interrupt their pattern, like eight bat bat faced boy has eight inch ears. You know what their pattern of walking along chewing gum and thinking about the next beer is going to get interrupted. So now, how's inter the breakdown of that bat face boy has eight inch ears. When yeah. you first say bat face boy, I'm like, yeah, I remember the bat face boy thing. And then it dawns on me possibly as important or more important than the bat face boy is the has eight inch ears. Cause yes. now I have a detail. If it was just bat face boy, yes. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. If you have a visual, another great one was the amazing 400 yard drive secrets of a one-legged golfer from Pensacola, Florida. Right. They add Pensacola. Why the detail? I the, guess the it, does it help kind of pull you yeah, in? And paint a picture? Yeah. The detail really pulls you in like this must be true. If they're giving me details like that. Now, nowadays, if you want to see examples of really good sales pieces go to Instagram and Instagram has, I bought so much junk off of Instagram for my cats that they don't like the, the cats want, don't want a $89 toy. They want to play with a piece of, of dirt or a piece of <laughs> dust, but that's a great way to have a look at strong headlines. But I want to circle back to something, Sky. I mentioned the pattern interrupt. So here's the thing I want to get across to your audience. People, humans are pattern-making machines. We seek to impose meaning upon our world, and we do this through language. So one of the things you can do with people is interrupt their expected pattern of response. And when you do that, you create a temporary window of hypnotic suggestibility. And I'm going to use the word hypnotic because most of our decisions are made below the surface level of consciousness. We so know we're not talking about like eyes spinning hypnosis here. No, 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 no. This is based on the work of a genius, a revolutionary genius by the name of Milton Erickson. He was a medical doctor, psychiatrist, and Milton Erickson over a 50 year career did for hypnosis. This is my metaphor, what Einstein did for, did for physics. He revolutionized it and he took it out of the realm of watch, look at the watch or the spinning thing. And he made it entirely conversational because he recognized when you stop and you listen carefully to these words that are being said, no one can be exactly sure of all the ways in which you can find yourself focusing in very clearly, very intently to the point where you recognize you want to learn more, don't you, Sky? So you're getting them good. basically to hang on every word. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Pattern interrupts, again, when you interrupt someone's expected pattern or response, 
they become hypnotically entrained. I'll give you an example. Back when I was a dating coach, if I can kind of switch gears, it's a powerful example. I took a client out. He gave me $10,000 in cash. So I figured, okay, I don't normally take clients out. And he's a charitably a geek, but I'm going to do it. We took him out to a restaurant that had a patio area. And he proceeded, let me put it this way, Scott. Have you ever been so embarrassed for another person's humiliation? You just couldn't stand to watch them get humiliated. This guy was not just crashing and burning. He was like being exploded on the spot. After 90 minutes of this, I couldn't take him anymore. Couldn't take it. I said, let's go. We're waiting for our cab and across the driveway, I see a lovely lady. I say, look, there's a lovely lady waiting for her cab. Now, for some reason, it went in the wrong way. And she burst into rage. Her face got all red and she began to swear at me, telling me to do things with my body that were anatomically impossible. Hmm. Swearing like a sailor, she got really angry. Now my client got really angry. His veins bulged out in his face, his forehead. He went to give her a piece of his mind. I stopped him. I clotheslined him. I said, no, she can say whatever she wants. We decide where we come from. And then I really hit her with a pattern interrupt. So look at her. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's sister. She's someone's best friend. Somewhere, she's deeply loved. Now, she got confused for a minute, and then she burst into tears, ran over to me, hugged me, kissed me on the cheek, said, I'm so sorry. That was the most loving thing I've ever heard. Men have been pigs to me all night. What's your name? I said, Mr. Wonderful, here's our cab. And off we went. She's been now, getting hit on by your client and guys yeah. like him all night. <laughs> no, yeah, but here's the thing. I interrupted her pattern. Her pattern of uh, expectation was that I would either yell at her and fight with her, give the anger and rage back to her, that I would beg for her forgiveness or that I would slink away. I didn't do any of those things. I did something totally unexpected. And in that moment of interrupting her pattern, she became totally open to changing the meaning of the entire interaction. I interrupted her pattern. I changed the meaning that she put on the interaction from this is a total idiot. I wanted to say a different word, a total idiot. I, I hate him to, oh my God, this is a loving human being. I, I hurt him. I'm so sorry. And she went from rage to love like that. So I've that's the power of the pattern interrupt. Yeah, I've heard of people doing that on social media where somebody, you know, a celebrity or something like that, somebody comes at them saying something terrible and they respond just like, a, hey, that, you know, that's not, not very nice. Why would you say that? And the person's kind of taken off balance just by the fact they actually even got a response and it wasn't telling them to F off back. Um, and, you know, they typically come back around. With, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I was having a bad day. I didn't mean that or, 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 so, or whatnot. So calling back, circling back to my point, a good headline is a pattern interrupt. It interrupts people's pattern of walking around, paying attention to 20 different things and locks people into the story you're going to tell. Because marketing essentially is telling a story in a condensed way where it makes the selling part a lot easier. Marketing is what I would call a pre-sale. Is part of what you're doing, basically, they had a script and they had planned what they were going to say next probably. And yep. so, I mean, you're interrupting that you're basically Correct. forcing them to improv and now they have to stop and think about Correct. processing what you said and what they're Correct. going to say next. Correct. And I'm deliberately vague. I'm deliberate. Right. I don't say, for example, I've worked with a lot of realtors in the past and still do. I have to warn you as you're watching, 
be aware I'm the most expensive coach you'll ever be glad you hired uh, because I deliver results and it's a tremendous investment of my time to work with people. But I taught this realtor to pattern interrupt when people would do the most common thing, which is I don't want to pay that higher commission. And I taught him a pattern interrupt, which is, well, Mr. Smith, with the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. Maybe you'll get lucky doing this with the bargain basement agent, but do you really want to gamble when it comes to the most important asset of your life, your home? Right. Now, that really blew people away. I totally reframed the meaning of it through a pattern interrupt. I feel like it's um, basically you, you get your final meal, and do you want to get the discount steak, or do you want to pay extra for the steak that maybe the discount steak on the corner will be cooked just as well, but do you want to gamble with that, or are you going to buy the expensive steak? Because I can buy a steak at the store and cook it at home, and maybe I do it just as well as a nice restaurant. I've got terrible steaks and paid a lot for them before but it seems what you're paying for is the assurance that you're not gambling. You're paying for that, that assurance kind. I reframed the whole thing from pain to mm -hmm. making sure you're not gambling. So question for one, for me, for knowing what to even call this episode, is there a word for this technique? I mean, other than just Jedi mind trick, what do you call this, uh, this ability to teach the right words? Subtle <laughs> words that sell. Words. How to get your prospects to convince themselves to buy and add top dollars to your bottom line. Mm -hmm. That's oh, what see, I call well, it. See, that's long. I was looking for one. <laughs> Subtle words that sell. Words that or, sell. You could call it. It, or you could call it subconscious selling. Mm -hmm. So do people refer to this as a Jedi mind trick very often? Do you like been, that? Do you hate it? Well, I've been called um, a Jedi. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and then in that, uh, going with that theme, does this, the, the idea with the Jedi mind trick is it only works or it works better on dumb people? Absolutely this work not. on everybody? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's stop that just for okay. a second. Let me put an end to this myth. There's a distinction between suggestible and gullible. Mm -hmm. Gullible is stupid people who don't question anything. I tell them, hey, I've got a submarine in my swimming pool. It's $10,000. Let's go for a dive. Oh, um, by the way, I don't have any openings for another year. So come back in a year and you'll get your submarine, whatever. Right. Suggestible is a measure to which the unconscious mind can take in an idea, make it sensory rich and real, and then try it out first in your imagination. And then if it feels good and right, you try this out for yourself in the real world. So suggestibility right. is actually correlated with high intelligence. People who can't focus, who don't have a train of thought, can't have that train redirected to a different track. So the, Completely different. The more distracted an ADD somebody is, actually, the more difficult these practices might be because you're having to constantly um, you know, interrupt their pattern, whereas well, the, well, other, somebody else might be actually be focused on what you're saying. Well, no, 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 no. We create the states of focus. We may, it was not about focus. It was about dumb versus hmm. smart, gullibility versus suggestibility. Now, we create states of focus. For example, if I was doing a presentation, I would say, before we share this opportunity together, I'm not sure all the ways in which you might stop and find yourself really focusing in on what it mm -hmm. is that excites you the most. But as that takes place, please feel free to share the questions that will naturally arise when a great decision is being made. So I embed that suggestion to focus in.
Excellent. Okay. Okay. Um, we've kind of we've jumped around a bit. We've given the audience quite a bit here. That's that's on me. You're focused, and I am the jump that's around fine. guy. You're, you're jump all you want. Keeping me on task. Is there a starting point for this? Obviously, you've got a book all about this, but we want to get right. all this as many of the secrets as we can. Sure. From the air sure. Today. Um, sure. I'll give them to you. Is there a starting point to yep. other than understanding that like we're sold, this works? There's things you can you can say. There's things you can put down in your yes. copy as marketers yes. that will help you. Yes. Yes. How yes. do people get started in knowing what those okay. are and um, how to do um, it? You always start with the conceptual foundation first. This is why I insist when I teach back when I trained large groups when before COVID hit or when I'm training one on one over Zoom, whatever. I insist that my clients and students first learn the concepts, learn the concepts, and then the words come after. So I'm going to give out some powerful concepts so you understand. First and foremost, you're never selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Second concept, whatever you can get your prospect to imagine for themselves will be perceived by them as being their own thoughts and therefore they will not resist it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's an, again, I, I hate to go to Jedi mind tricks and inception and stuff like that, but it's my mind jumps to those. So you're basically planting the idea in their mind. It's their idea. They're not going to resist right. it. Um, Correct. Now here comes the whacked out one. This is going to really challenge you viewers and listeners to expand your mind. And here it is. Selling is not about getting your ideas into the other person's mind, which we just said it was. I'm going to give you a paradoxical view. Selling is about expanding their mind to include your ideas. I love so that. So they're both true. Both are true. It's like in physics, is light a particle or a wave? Well, it depends on how you measure it. It's both and neither. Right. So selling paradoxically is both about slipping your ideas into their mind subconsciously, but it's also about expanding their mind to include your ideas because many people you're selling to are stuck in the realm of their beliefs, the realm of what they're, what's possible for anyone in the world. Will this work for anyone? What they're capable of, will it work for me? Do I deserve it? Am I up to, do I measure up to what the benefits are, and finally, their sense of identity. Who am I? Which we don't want to mess with. That takes a lot of work, so we don't mess with that. We leave it alone. Right. So you're so, not you're not planting the idea um, and making them think they came up with it. You're actually letting them come to it. Yep. Um, yep. You're just kind of giving them the pathway yep. to the idea, so they the really do come yeah. up with it. The idea of selling being about expanding consciousness is a completely 70s Timothy Leary tune in, drop out and whatever. But it's the very ways of thinking, acting, responding that stand so far outside of what you're used to doing to hold the potential of getting amazing results so far beyond what you're used to enjoying. So yeah, this is a whacked out way of looking at things. I should say, that being said, Nothing I teach is designed to replace an already successful marketing or sales process. It's designed to supercharge it because if you're not using subconscious communication, then you're leaving a tremendous amount of money on the table and you're leaving out a lot of service you could be doing to your clients. 
you're cutting it off. So I don't teach or train an entire sales process. I just teach you how to take what's already working and seed in all these other things so that you're hitting them on the subconscious level. Right. You're, so you're not tearing everything down, building it from scratch. No. You're just saying, no. hey, no, the no. subject line is this, tweak it to this, use more like that, open this yes. way. Yes, but yeah. these tweaks, don't get me wrong, I prefer to think of them as turbocharging, not tweaking. They're really right. powerful. Oh, I don't mean tweak as a in in marketing, especially when you're dealing with something like email, where the difference between somebody opening the email or not is one word change in the subject line. Yep. It's crazy how saying move this sentence from here to there or change the order of these words can yep. double the response rate, double the open rate. Here's a good one. I once 300% increased someone's letter. He was a carpet cleaner and he put out an ad in local papers. I only changed the headline and the picture. The picture was of a, of a bed bug blown up to like 3000 times magnification. And the headline was what else is lurking in your carpet? All right. We didn't change anything else that got like a 300% better response. Yeah. Because that's shocking. <laughs> you can't, yeah. what? It's uh, lurking, not hiding, but lurking. Right, right. It's, uh, that, that's great. That's the kind of thing. Lurking is ready to pounce on you. Hiding is just. And then what else? I of. feel like if I look further, I'm going to find out. Oh my gosh, there's this. Exactly. What else? There's a lot. Yeah. Drawing them not, in. Not this is hiding in your carpet, but what else is lurking in your carpet? Okay, so you have to understand the concepts first. Right. Yeah, so you, concepts are saying, crucial. You have to get these con. Are there any concepts? Have we covered the major well, concepts? This, this is a really advanced one, which is being deliberately vague, not saying it, in a good, you know, make that in a masterful persuasion, no matter how you do it, in person, in copy, whatever it is. There's a time to be vague and a time to be specific. And let me explain that. When you're vague, when you imply things, you get the person to fill in the blanks. People want to have patterns. They don't like having things unresolved. So if I say, as we're exploring this world of subconscious communication today, I'm not sure at which point you might stop and find yourself growing more excited. Now, did I say where, the, when they're gonna find themselves growing more excited or how or about what? No, I leave it blank. So they fill in the blank for themselves. Right. It reminds me of I'm the bed bug. You didn't say, here are the five things you're going to find in your carpet. Right. Like you're leaving right. this opening exactly for them to right. come into kind of. Exactly right. Hmm. So I say, um, as we're exploring this world of subliminal communication today, I'm not sure all the ways you might stop and find yourself growing more and more fascinated about how you're going to use what you learned today. But please just, I, I only have one ask of you. Please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is going to be made. Now, did I say a great decision to buy today from me is going to be made? Right, right. Why didn't I say a great decision to buy from me is going to be made? I mean, I guess the vague part, you don't need to. Let them right. fill that in. Let them so fill it the, in. You're, you're putting that just outside their bubble. And again, you're letting them come and envelop. Exactly. If I said a great decision to buy from me is going to be made, they're going to go, F you, you pushy bastard. Right. Then, then you're selling to them instead of helping. Right. Uh, so it's not that people don't want to be sold to. They don't want to feel like you're selling them. 
Right. Yeah. And the same with marketing. When you say vague, it, it strikes me um, the email signature line is a huge one. We see people sometimes trying to sell people in the signature line and we always have to tell them you need to be more vague. There only needs to be enough information to get them to make that decision to open the email. And then there's more in there. Like you have to, you have to pull them in. If you tell them enough in the signature line to say, oh no, I'm not interested in that, you lost them. But it's, so it's where the clickbait kind of leaves those openings and because you, you want them to make you know, the decision. What decision are you gonna make? To go into the email, not to buy your product or click through your website or fill Correct. out a form. It's just open the email is, is all you need them to do at that point. Um, okay, I wanna take a quick break here. We've got a ton more to get back to. We've covered kind of a, a lot of the conceptual stuff. If there's any more, we'll get to it after the break. But then I want to get into the meat and potatoes, like I'm sure, you know, the three words that you're going to give us where if you say these magic words, people just start buying stuff. I see that a lot in the movies and I always shake my head and say, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a magic uh, phrase where the person goes from being angry to buying, but you're probably about as close as you can get in reality to that. So. <laughs> After the break, uh, we'll get back. Uh, we'll have more on words that sell for marketers, or these are the words you're looking for with Paul Ross. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bachman, host of the podcast, Speakers Who Get Results. This is the podcast where we interview experts on how to use presentation skills to move your listeners to take action. We'd love to have you join us iTunes, Stitcher, any podcast player, you can find us at Speakers Who Get Results. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. I've got Paul Ross here. We are talking about subtle words that sell for marketing. And um, Paul, I said something, I can't remember if it was during the break or right before the break, but about you giving us the magic couple words that help people uh, you know, close the deal or get the lead in marketing as it would be that first step in the deal. And you made a joke about it not being a magic three words, but two. two. Um, so let's start off with that. Are there magic words to use, words to not use? Well, I think all language is, let me preface this by saying, I think all language is magical because language structures consciousness, shapes our decisions and drives behavior. But that said, I'm gonna teach you two words that will induce a semi-hypnotic trance in your audience and basically command them without saying it to go down into their unconscious mind and act the way you want them to without Should I plug resistance. my ears so I don't get tranced? No. <laughs> well, you got it right. It goes in these, not in here. So most people go like that. So go ahead. You're, you're just not covering the right holes. <laughs> they just seen so many cartoons. They know their eyes are going to start spinning and that's how you well, get Well, yeah, cartoons are not the way to assess your reality. Are not reality? Come on. Okay, so you got some words to hypnotize yeah. here. Well, they act hypnotically. Right. So the words are find yourself, convince yourself, discover yourself, allow yourself. Basically, these are, I'm going to give you an illustration. So Sky. Did you ever just find yourself falling in love? Did you right, ever right. ever find yourself falling out of love? So these seem like important. Uh, like these on. are trigger words to get yes. people to roll into that, getting to whatever you put outside their bubble that you want them to come and. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm not quite there. Oh, sorry. Do you ever just find yourself with your head inside the refrigerator and you don't even remember what it is you're looking for? 
or even walking over there. Yeah. Do you ever just find yourself when you're driving along the highway and suddenly think, where did those last 10 miles go? These are hypnotic phenomena. They refer to something that we all do all the time anyway, which is behavior that's totally not consciously chosen. It's driven not from above, but from below. And so when we use terms like find yourself, it implies a decision and or behavior that's not consciously driven. There's no need to participate. There's no need to work at it, and there's no possibility of detection or resistance. May I unpack it and give you an example? Absolutely, please. So I could say something, I know it's a mouthful, I know it sounds strange, but after you've learned from me and you really get it, you'll see the power of this. So I might say something like, I'm not sure at what point you might find yourself growing more and more fascinated about what it is I have to say. But as you discover yourself doing that, I'm sure glad that we're doing it in a way where you can feel good that that's taking place. So you notice, I said, find yourself, discover yourself. As you find yourself discovering that, as you find yourself growing more fascinated, did I say how they're going to find themselves or in what way or when or about what? Right, no. No, I leave it blank. So they fill in the blanks and to find yourself doing something means it's just going to happen. It's not something that you're going to consciously have to wrestle with. It's not something that you have to participate with or in. And it's not something that you're putting in front of them for them to agree to. That's it's, right. They're finding That's right. it themselves. They're finding it themselves through a hip in hypnosis. We call it a trans derivational search. That's jargon, hypnotic jargon, meaning when you're vague, the conscious mind will dive down into the unconscious the unconscious will come up with every possible meaning. It will apply the meaning that fits the context that you're speaking about. And it's, I mean, if the person's closed off, like they don't think they're interested. They're like, yeah, we're going to listen to this person. Um, but uh, I'm at this timeshare event and I know I'm, I'm just going to be here for half an hour and then go. But you suggest to them, it was a terrible uh, example, I think, but just to pick the most difficult uh, spot possible. And you're using that find yourself um, type of wording. You're, you're suggesting to them, you're dropping the idea into their head that they may change their mind right. on their own, that they may right. come across something that causes them to right. think about something. Is that the general concept there? I would even find go, a way yes, to... yes. And I would pace it. You want to start with pacing it. Uh, I'd say, you know, in my experience, at least 90% of the people come in here because you like the free food and everyone will laugh. And I don't expect too many of you will stop and find yourself reconsidering that to the point where you think, wait, I can imagine really, really investing in this and seeing all the ways this could really be great. But as that's taking place, I just wanna let you know, please feel free to share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision's being made. And I hold up my hand like that. Now that's a post-hypnotic cue, which means every time they hold up their hand, it triggers off that whole chain of suggestions I just gave them. So now you have not only words, but you're using some body language here. That's too, right. Sometimes. That's right. Mm -hmm. In a very clever way. Yeah. So these are the words that matter and you're waving your hand by. <laughs> these aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't, 
This is the contract you're looking for. <laughs> if you find yourself thinking this is the contract you're looking for. Now you've got it. I don't know all the ways in which that will happen. By the way, yeah. when you say, I don't know all the ways in which that will happen, mm. what does that imply? Wow, that there are ways that you don't know them, but they may come to them on their own. Yes, yeah. It's implying that there are many wow. of them. I don't know all the ways. I just got a little tingle down my spine. I know. Like these, these words come into play and how they can really, it's not just wordplay when you say like, Hey, these words can like, they really get into your mind and, right. That's and right. uh, I wouldn't say mess with it. Cause it's not a bad in a, in a bad way, but they open your mind a bit. It's a force. Powerful yeah. forces with you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's probably less effective when you use that voice, but still, good know, words I'm are good words. <laughs> That'll throw people off. I'm if you want well, to, uh, at first. Yeah. If you want to pattern interrupt, throw some Yoda in there. Yeah. <laughs> so are there words or phrases to make sure you stay away from? Stay away from... Um, words that uh, I don't like the word negative. I like the words that are not effective because they shouldn't must. Oh, I hate the word must should yeah. or you even should, should. Yeah. Should, shouldn't should. both of them. You really them. should. You should act on this today. You must act on this today. Should must any words that imply compulsion. So instead you say, coercion. if you find yourself wanting to act on this today. <laughs> no, as you find yourself. As wanting. you find, oh, wow. <laughs> not if. I should not be trying to do this with you. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> no. Well, no, that's fine. You're learning. Look how quickly yeah. you're already learning. What's the difference between saying if you find yourself acting and as you find yourself? Right. Or here's another one. You want to make it more powerful by 30 to 40%? As you naturally find oh. yourself acting on this today. <laughs> that's that's this is where we're talking about those subtle tweaks where calling it a that's subtle one tweak of the is free, littling it kind of th that's one of the free videos you get when you mm. um go to paulrossbook.com addition to getting the first chapter uh of my book so it's really it is just like this word not that word staggering difference this word not that and eventually you replace enough words it becomes uh, i mean an, Okay, we were talking ahead of time about this episode, and I was trying to wrap my head around what you do. And I remember asking you, are you doing this to me right now? And is it on purpose? Like, do, and you said, yep. no, this yep. happens, like you practice this, and then it happens naturally. You use good words yep. instead of bad words. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> so you I said a little a bit, I'm helping you come to the right decision, but I'm not you, manipulating you. I'm just using are. better words. Well, let's look at the word manipulation. How it's interesting how you've been manipulated to shy away from the word manipulation. When the surgeon carefully manipulates that scalpel, he's saving your life. Manipulation just means to move. One definition is to move with deliberateness and skill. Right. Another is to deceive and to use coercion, force. But with or deliberateness fraud. and skill, it. I guess one, it's just are you using it for good or bad. Tools are morally neutral. Tools yeah. are amoral. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you want to use these for bad things, technically you can, but we recommend against it. Use your powers for good or I'll come yeah. get you. For I may have taught you all that you know, but I haven't taught you all that I know. Notice when we use Star Wars references, we're always using 
the Jedi's and not the dark side well, of the force. So. Well, dude, you're wearing the shirt. You're influencing. That was an accident today too. I put it on and I realized I was going to be talking to you today and I was going to change it because it felt unprofessional. And I was like, well, we how, don't show the video very often. And how unprofessional tips. is this? Offended? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that, that seems like a good word to get. I'm interested in what's below now. Like you want to know the rest of the sentence. So <laughs> find your safe place. Snowflake. And <laughs> yeah. So, all right. We both nailed it with our shirts today. That's what I learned. Um, what else? I want to make sure we get, Again, I'm sure there's a ton here. You've written a whole book on it. You talk about this kind of stuff all the time. We've got some links that we're going to put in the show notes and whatnot. Can I tell you something interesting? Can I relate something to you personally? Yes. Someone please. asked me, how long did it take you to write the book? said, so the book took four years. Thinking about it, experimenting with it, it took me 15. Right. right. Well, it so took you 60 or however long. I mean, it's your whole life experience kind of goes into yes. something like this. Yeah. Yeah, it took me about 15 years of, of getting it right. The first 15 years was just not up to snuff. But then it took me another 15 to really, really hammer it out. You had the and right words, really but in good... the wrong order at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every book has all the right words, probably. I mean, they're kind of all in there. It's just what order are you going to put them in? Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we finish... Is there anything we really need to get to? Again, we can't get to everything, um, but uh, anything else that we really need to get to for the listeners that I, they should know I about would these encourage, practices? Yeah. I would encourage people to get excited and to find yourself growing with that excitement the more you naturally and easily recognize that it's the very new ways of doing things that can show up in your life with excitement, with adventure, with the view that says, yes, this is something that will change the way in which I do things. You've all had that experience. As a little kid, you had to learn how to tell time, and that was difficult. You had to tell the big hand from the little hand. You had to grasp the concept of seconds and minutes because it's an entirely arbitrary man-made concept. But one day, I woke up, and you could read that clock, and you could never go back to not being able to do it. And you didn't understand at the time, it became the building block, the basis right. for keeping appointments, for tracking how long you've been doing things. And in the same way, your unconscious can recognize these concepts and, and pick them up and use them. You Suddenly learn them you can't very look quickly. look at a clock without knowing what time it's reading. Your mind exactly. And, and And as you see my students doing this stuff, if you don't know the concepts, you would think this is a magic trick. But once you get it, you see it's magical mechanics. It's really mechanics and engineering. It is sales engineering, if anything else. And it seems a bit incremental in that you can really just say, I'm saying this this way. Let me swap these words out yep. right here and then slowly build on it. Next thing you know, you've got, you're spitting out all these yep. great phrases that work. <laughs> and notice the difference in just one word. When I said, um, as you find yourself, and then when I said, as you naturally find yourself, you you had a jolt there. That, that's where, again, the, I just got the chill down my spine. Again, if any listeners are getting the same thing, they realize just mentally understanding the impact of adding that one word. Of adding and that word that, is an, it was an adjective. I could say, yeah. as you easily find yourself, as you quickly find yourself, as you instantaneously mm -hmm. find yourself. As you accidentally find yourself. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know um, if I'd use that one, but yeah. Back to the, the Bat Boy. 
just saying <laughs> bat boy is one thing, but adding in that he has eight inch ears or whatever, yeah. however long the ears is. Bat fist, bat, bat face baby has eight inch ears. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, just in marketing, the realization of adding that in hooks people. Um, it's, we always, we, we feel like we want to take words out frequently. Your subject line needs to be shorter. And maybe that's, that's true, unnecessary words, but adding in a couple words like naturally, um, just, you know, maybe people listening to this, write down a handful of these, listen over again, write down some of these words and just work on adding them into your copy in places and into your marketing. And uh, I just feel like your subject lines will be better. Your emails are going to be better. The amazing, be the amazing fat melting, the, ama the amazing fat melting drink that naturally and easily allows you to pour off the pounds like a hot knife through butter. Again, the naturally word there, I think was... You take that out and it's eh, just kind of a wordy marketing thing, yeah. but you put in naturally. Um, that's great. That's okay. Last call. Anything else to throw at the listeners? Um, other than of course, we're going to give, we're going to give out the websites sure. and, and where to find you and all that kind of stuff. But yes. on these techniques, I, the words yes. itself. I have an arb I have an ulterior motive on appearing on this broadcast today, which is not to drum up business, which is I want people to fall in love with what I've fallen in love with, which is language. I'm in love with language. I really think it's magic. Grammar, the word grammar comes from the same root word as grimmery. Grimmery was the old magical book of spells that people would go through. To me, language is magic. I want you all to fall in love with it because it really, I've seen it. What I said in my, said in my biography about turning stumbling blocks into stepping stones and pain into passion. I've seen it. I've done it. It's real. And it, I, I want y'all to fall in love with language. That's what I want. That's my ulterior motive. If that's what we're communicating with, then we minds will be better at it and fall in love with it. And I love the magic, the grammar reference there, because in a book of spells, if you get the incantation wrong, if you get the, the words wrong, the spell don't work. Like you got to have That's all right. the, you got to have the right stuff and in the right order. Think, and the of the right word, cadence. think the word spell as we're referring to it right now and spell <laughs> as in what, what is the words? How's the word appear in letters? Right. It's, it's not an accident. So you swap out a word here, a word there. Suddenly your spell works versus doesn't work. Um, right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, um, if you guys want to find uh, Paul Ross, you can find him uh, paulrossbook.com. We'll have this on the show notes, of course, as well. Uh, speakerpaulross.com yeah. slash apply for his uh, um, to book a discovery call with him. Find him on LinkedIn. He put his phone number and email and everything on LinkedIn. So if you really want to just reach out to him directly, that's a great place to. Uh, um, yeah. And I should say when you go to paulrossbook.com, You'll find a way to get the book on Amazon through a link, but you'll also get two of my free courses, Subtle Words for Super Sales and Secrets of Super Sales Confidence, where I talk awesome. about all this stuff. Does that book come as an audio book? Do you have an audio book on it? Um, I do not have an audio book, but I'm going to be recording the first chapter. I really should, but the problem with doing an audio book is a lot of these things do have transphrases in them. And I, to point them out, I have to <laughs> underline them. I have to underline them or boldface them. Right, I right. can't do that. I was book. wondering if it works better or worse because it's you're talking about words and spoken word, but also written word in, in yeah. audio or, or written. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Awesome. We'll have all that, uh, all that in the show notes on ifyoumarket.com. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I, I had a blast. This has been one of my favorite. I'm going to have to listen back and see if I was hypnotized yep. into it or if you it were. was really <laughs> as great as I feel it is. Either way, if I was hypnotized into it, I guess that's the point. So it was that great. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but find us on uh, ifyoumarket.com. And uh, thank you for listening on behalf of the If You Market team and Paul Ross to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with the right words, they will come. If you're not always on the lookout for new data sources for your sales and marketing, you're just not doing your job. I've got great news for you, though. You can go to topdatasearch.com, sign up for a free top data search account and use promo code IYM500 to get 500 contact download credits. Again, that's topdatasearch.com and promo code IYM500. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.